free from GP, Rantuck, Tommy B, broadcasting live on your frequency, giving you updates on these Georgia streets. These are voices for the people that don't get to speak. Issues, black news, the conversation's deep. Shout out to Slick I'm Nick. going in on the beat. iPods, Androids, or your laptop. These boys swinging for the fence, saying lie. Then came a long way from being homies on the block. From Afros and Braves, and now they at the top. You want facts? This is where I get them from. GP3RTT at gmail.com. Send them feedback, and they'll be sure to send a response. I gotta go now. The show starts in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. GP3 Homies from the Block. And now, here's Tommy B. GP3 Homies from the Block. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back. GP3 round 134 is in the building. Tommy B is here. I hope you're having a great weekend as we take this podcast on a Sunday. Man, got a lot to get into this week. Got Tanya B coming back, her tea. <laughs> Tanya B spent some time this week in uh, in Nashville. So she's got, I guess, a bit of a story about her interactions and what she did at the, at the Nashville draft. So I'll hear a little bit from her. And of course, we got news. We're going to do some shout outs in just a minute. And uh, got, got some folks I do need to shout out to. Got to shout out uh, Dicey Grinner uh, out in Houston, out in H-Town. Uh, her new book is out. Author, attorney. Uh, well, I, I don't know. She's got a list of things that she does. But right now, the biggest thing is she's got a new book. Just came out in April. Uh, Fast Friends. Uh, Desperate Lovers, Kinky Friends that just came out and I just got the uh, the uh, Kindle version. So I'm, I'm in the midst of it. I'm, I'm going to give her my review. But uh, kudos and congratulations, Dicey. And she's going to be on the show. We're working out some technical stuff and I uh, hope to have her doing some other things with Castropolis as well. But uh, shout out to Dicey. Congratulations on the new book. And all the new ventures, all the stuff that's going on, real cool, real cool. Man, also, just looking, uh, as, as I was preparing the show, I came on a few minutes late because, you know, just tripping on the Avengers updates. Uh, they're already, right now, let's see, at $2 billion. The Endgame has passed the $2 billion mark in record time. Uh, it's already second. The second highest grossing movie of all time, that's internationally. Uh, it, it just passed uh, Titanic uh, with, uh, I think, a 2.18 billion globally. And that's just in 11 days. And it's already the ninth biggest domestic uh, box office uh, movie with, I think, the domestic number it says is like 620 million. And, and man, just looking over Variety magazine, I was just tripping on this, man. Endgame is the only is, is one of only five films to ever cross the $2 billion mark in tickets. Uh, so among those films, you've got Avatar, which is at uh, 2.78, uh, Titanic, 2.187. Uh, let's see here, Star Wars, The Force Awakens at 2.06, um, Infinity Wars, which is at 2.04. And this is like current lifetime numbers. We're not talking about uh, 11 days. So uh, it took Avatar. It took Avatar forty-seven days, if uh, just to kind of give you a comparison to get to two billion. So that's crazy, man. 
uh, Marvel just ruining the game. <laughs> they just, they just take, they making it tough. I mean, you know, when, when the Marvel game is done, when they come in, they wreck shop so that they, they really make it tough for other movies. I mean, I forgot who I was having a conversation with because somebody had told me that Marvel and DC really don't compete. And I know they've got the Joker movie coming up with uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix that's coming out in the fall. And I just don't see it doing that kind of number, man. And, And what can do these Avengers numbers? I mean, it's just crazy. But I'll get off the Avengers. I'll leave it at that. Um, damn, just kudos. I know some of that's filmed in the ATL. So all my folks in the ATL who check out the show, congrats if you work over at um, the uh, studio that does all the production with Marvel. Kudos. And, uh, man, I was watching, um, you know, NBA playoffs, my favorite time of year. And I'm watching. I didn't see the whole game. So I saw part of the game with Golden State in Houston. And I know Dicey hates that she didn't make the show because if she's listening, Houston, she she was going to gloat about Houston <laughs> winning in overtime. Uh, but damn, Steph Curry, dude, you six three and you miss a dunk. I mean, I, I'm like, okay, I know he's got the finger injury, injury injury going on, but you know the dunk on your own that that really could have kept them in the game. I. That's just unexcusable. Damn, I was dunking at 5'8", dude. <laughs> You're 6'3", man. So, you know, I know y'all get tired. I know, you know, the fatigue. But damn, that, you know. So, the you know, the series is now 2-1. to one. I think they go back to Golden State. Final score is 126. Uh, I forgot, 126-121. Um, but, uh, of course, Golden State's still up 2-1. to one. I'm going to get off my NBA rampage rant. But damn, dude, don't miss a dunk. <laughs> don't, you know, ah, that was embarrassing. But uh, he did make a, a tweet and basically said, you know, it wasn't one of his finest moments. And all I could say was, damn, you think? But I don't know, man. I, I'd love to hear what y'all think about that. Um, that was just, hmm. Right, and um, hey, I want to shout out Claudia and Mets Lemon Shade podcast. Um we will be streaming castropolis.net beginning uh, on, on Monday as, as we take the show on Sunday, the next day, tomorrow. Um, so from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., if y'all up overnight on the East Coast, 2 a.m., 6 a.m. And in the U.K., they can be heard uh, from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m., a fairer time to listen from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m., in the UK um, on castropolis.net, um, of course, C-A-S-T-R-O-P-O-L-I-S.net, or you can go to the Instagram pages, uh, go to my Instagram page uh, at GP3 and uh, and click the link and check them out. Um, and, and that's cool, man. Congrats. Really, really had, glad to have Claudia and Mets with Lemon Shade Podcast on. And uh, one of my favorite podcasts when I first uh, started getting into podcasting. And um, excited that they uh, agreed to stream. So we'll be streaming their episodes, okay? All right, y'all, that's my shout-out part. Let's get into some 365 Black and uh, just some birthdays, a few birthdays today. Y'all know Craig David, if you're in the UK, uh, UK singer-songwriter, had a couple of hits over here in the U.S. Uh, He turns 38 uh, on this day. And Chris Brown, 
Y'all, Chris Brown, Rihanna's. Well, I can't say Rihanna's Chris, Chris Brown, whoever. I don't know who he's associated with these days, but Chris Brown is uh, 30. I was born. Damn, he's born in 1989. Damn. Okay. Chris turns 30. What was I doing in 1989? All right. Damn, he may not even know the 90s. I didn't realize Chris was that young. But damn, 1989, uh, born on this day, Chris Brown. And also on this day, uh, it just seems like yesterday, man, the um, Childish Gambino dropped uh, This Is America the same day last year, um, that video. So, um, you know, Donald Glover. Stone Mountain, GA, represent, uh, drop This Is America on this day in 2018. And uh, this week, one of the big things that happened um, tomorrow, May 6th, and again, we taped the podcast, so um, this is the uh, live version, live taping. And on May 6th, 1960, you had uh, Eisenhower sign the Civil Rights Act of 1960 and basically the feds established that um, a federal a federal inspection of local voter registration polls and introduced penalties for anyone who obstructed someone's attempt to register to vote. Cool. They still need to enforce that. Still got issues. All these years later, we still got issues with voting. Damn, just crazy. All right, y'all. Um, let's get into to some Tanya B. Uh, some tea with Tanya B. Got some good stuff. All right, here we go. Hey, what's going on, y'all? She is here. She's back uh, straight from Hollywood Road via <laughs> via Nashville. <laughs> yeah, there, there is a Hollywood Road in Nashville, and it intersects with Broadway. However, oh my God. I went yeah. to Nashville. I wanted to buy some cow, some 10-gallon cowboy boots, but instead I have a 10-gallon cup of tea to sip with you. Uh, right <laughs> I knew you had some. To quote the late, great Tupac, how do you want? Just roll. Just roll. I know you got some okay. good stuff. What you got first? What's first on the agenda? Okay, well, once again, this week's tea is brought to you by the city of Chicago. Oh, the city man. that won't stop giving and a city that nobody wants to go to. <laughs> well, as you may have heard, <laughs> Empire has been renewed for season six, but Jesse Smollett's character, Jamal, remains in a state of flux. Hmm. Now, they're still paying him, and they still haven't uh, come to, I guess, terms with his contract extension. He's still getting a check, but there are are still at this time no plans for the character of Jamal Lyon to return to the show. Wow. And that came straight from the teapot of 20th Century Fox TV. Mm. So I think, you know, Jesse's little stunt really backfired. Well, he did he marry his says, partner. Did he marry his partner on the show? On this show, on this show, they're off on a honeymoon. But in case you noticed, when Empire came on this season, it started off with Lucius Lyon. Uh, attempt, uh, the feds came in to take him away and they said, can't you see he's grieving the loss of a family member? Hmm. You don't know who's in that coffin. Could it be his mother? Could it be Andre? Could it be Jamal? Could hmm. it be his illegitimate son? So I wonder if Lee Daniels knew something was coming down the pike at that time. Mm-hmm. And just in case, he threw that curve out there. Wow. Wow. So, but you know, the, the ratings are going down the toilet. Mm. This uh, wedding 
episode mm-hmm. did not do anything to bring the ratings back up. Mm-hmm. And I just think although Taraji and Terrence Howard are rallying for him to be kept on the show as our other cast members, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, nobody wants anybody to mess with their coins. No. So they'd rather have the show go on without him. And there are other shows that have had characters that have been replaced and they kept on rolling. Yeah, so absolutely. he is not irreplaceable by any means. So he may just have to go to the left to the left and find another career in another country. Mm, wow. Speaking, okay, you ready for the next sip of tea? Yeah, Ooh, absolutely. Let's, let's cool, cool off, cool off, as Beyonce says. Well, R. Kelly again. Mm. You know, I mean, Lifetime really hit a lick with that surviving R. Kelly special. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be one hour, ended up being six hours. Well, now, tonight at 10 p.m., well, as we as we take rerunning yeah. throughout the weekend, <laughs> forever and ever and ever and ever on TVs, tablets, oh. on demand, and everywhere else, mm. there is a follow up to Surviving R. Kelly, and it's called R. Kelly: The Impact. So it's going to look at how this series has affected just sexual violence in this country, sexual abuse, and really it has affected our culture at large. And not just locally, I say internationally. And you know they must really be serious because they got Soledad O'Brien, who we all believe to be very credible, as the host for this special. And you're going to see some of the other clips from the show, interviews with with other journalists, other legal experts, psychologists, which I, (laughs) R. Kelly, you need one so bad. And it's also going to dissect the Robert, Robert Gail King interview. And shout out to Gail King. She got her cred like nobody else since Oprah or Whoopi Goldberg because now she got a raise from CBS News and Gail is making $15 million, which she really deserves. So shout out to Sister Gail King. Yeah. Timing wise, it was good because um, that morning show was in flux. So it really helped to solidify her on the morning show. Oh, it did. There were people that probably did not watch any CBS News program. Mm -hmm. And once they saw the Gail King interview, they watched CBS. Now, now, granted, it's a little bit on the geriatric side, but I think (laughs) if they let Gail have a little bit more of a say in what goes on, I think she can pull in a younger audience. Because honestly, when I think of CBS News, I think of Sears, I think of my (laughs) grandparents. But that's the story of CBS. Even in in their programming, that's the story of CBS. Exactly. It just... It's like 60 Minutes. Most of the people on 60 Minutes are dead. So they have new people and they don't have Oprah anymore. But they needed her more than she needed them at the the end of the day. True enough. Moving right along. Are you ready for some more? Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to watch Braxton Family Values because they have another side show I call the Braxton Family Chronicles. Wow. You know, Tamar's trying to get divorced. She wants the judge to... uh, change her stats to legally single whatever that's going to do or say and she just can't walk away because there were a lot of finances entangled between she and her soon to be ex-husband Vincent Herbert so they didn't pay their bills they got tax liens they almost lost the house the Bentley got repossessed and so I, I don't know all I know is that Tamar said Jesus loves my lingerie because she's on Candy Burris's sex dungeon tour mm. moving right along uh, just condolences out to this family 
family. They have a brother, Michael, who doesn't really get into the limelight at all. He chooses to stay off the TV show and lead a normal life and raise his family. Mm -hmm. And his daughter, Lauren, passed away from a heart ailment only at the age of 24. And it's similar to that heart ailment that Tony had. So it might be something that's genetic. Mm -hmm. But speaking of Tony, she may have to unbreak her own heart. And she better unbreak that uh, lost diamond she had because word from the curb is after she swore she was back with Birdman, they didn't break up and Birdman went on TV and just professed his love for her. But I heard he has traded her in for a new model and that new model's name is Nicole Murphy. Oh no. Eddie as in Eddie oh. Murphy? <laughs> as in Eddie's ex wife, as wow. in Nicole with the banging body, give credit where credit is due, and five cheerings wow. with Eddie Murphy. Yes. You know, she had that fake wedding was oh, she was gonna marry Michael Strahan. Yeah. And then the word was she wouldn't sign a prenup. Hmm. But I heard they broke up because she was on the creep. Hmm. And she was cheating on Michael and he put a tracking device on her car and he busted her. Wow. And lastly, in the Braxton Family Chronicles, Tawanda Braxton, although she was Tony's assistant for so long, did not learn a financial lesson because now she has filed for bankruptcy. Her career never really popped off and she wanted to become an actress and do some other things. She had a messy divorce, but now she says she only has $150 in the bank. Wow. And that she borrowed $35,000 from Tamar to try to catch up. But my thing is, if you know you are living like that, why would you go and buy a $300,000 house? Mm. If you know you are living like that, why? Just why? I understand she's got children, but she owes... Uh, see, $76,000 in back rent to a former landlord, mm. $1,000 to Comcast. Uh, she Damn, owes they break it down to Comcast? Almost. <laughs> they break it down to the cable she, bill? She better, she better <laughs> cut the cord and, and, and get Roku. <laughs> and she also wow. owes about okay. $8,000 to her children's <laughs> private school, $6,000 in medical bills. Oh. Why does she have no insurance? Can't you get it through the Actors Guild? Anyway. Yeah. Somebody, somebody's doing this, their homework on She that. has a company. Yeah. Called uh, T T Braxton Beauty, but I guess they're not doing that well. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she sells, but Tawanda and Tony can go to that financial education class that Dion Warwick had to go to. Because mm-hmm. it's and, I, and it's a great testament to actually get people to really believe what you see on TV on reality TV ain't real. Yeah. Wow. Sorry to hear Moving that right with, the, with the Braxtons. I mean, it's, it's really, yeah. I mean, like She's you said, it's the family tragedies. You know, I, I hate to see, uh, you know, I, you, you hate to see people go through that. And I hate to see people exploit that for ratings. But uh, hopefully they get through it. We'll see how it goes. That's true. Oh, you know. She can always go back to singing background for Tony Braxton. Mm-hmm. Tony will have her. But Absolutely. Hey, even it. Tony couldn't let her borrow any money. Hey, she gotta do. Do there she gotta is do. a documentary that is coming out, hopefully, to Netflix. And I am here for it. It's been over six years in the making. It's called Devil's Pie. It's a documentary about D'Angelo and how he's just really been through it. You know, he blew up the spot in the late 90s and early 2000s, mm-hmm. and then he had a bunch of personal setbacks, and I'm not even talking about Angie Stone. Yeah. I'm talking about the car crash where he was ejected from the vehicle. Wow. He'd been to rehab three times, drugs, alcohol, and then he just kind of withdrew from everything. Mm-hmm. Came back in 2014, had the album, had the 
had that little tour and then he withdrew from everything. He went from having a body with a six pack to how does it feel? Now he looks like old dirty bastard. Yeah. I don't know what happened to this guy. Hmm. But there is this, is, I mean, it's really sad. There is a Dutch filmmaker. Her name was Kareem Biljasama or something thereof. She actually just reached out to one of D'Angelo's background scenes and said, hey, I want to do a documentary. And then it, it all kind of went from there. And it took this woman about five to six years. I'm hearing that uh, Netflix is going to pick it up. It debuted earlier this week at the Tribeca Film Festival. And like I said, I am here for it. I watched a trailer for it. Mm-hmm. I got all I can say is get your popcorn people. Wow. Hey, you know, D'Angelo, man, was so promising at one point. Uh, people were, you know, the, the, the comeback was was highly anticipated. And, um, you know, so, so yeah, I think there will be a level of interest. In, but, but, you know, I'll be honest with you, Tanya, I don't know if the new generation can appreciate what D'Angelo bought in the 90s. I don't think they will. You know what I mean? They will. Do you think they won't? Do you think they'll remember? No. Because yeah. they can't spell D'Angelo. A lot yeah. of them weren't even born. Correct. And any man that got on SNL with a pot belly and a scarf around his neck, they're not gonna <laughs> they're not gonna go up for it. No, I mean I think it's a noble effort and, and definitely our generation will probably will wanna see it. I just don't know if it's gonna appeal to, to um and I hate to say it, but but you know, I've got millennial Nick who produces the show, but the millennials. I think some millennials are hip to D'Angelo who follow um, you know, who are just music buffs. Uh but, um, you know, I, I hope that there's a level of interest that will watch it. I do. But, you know. Well, you know what? I don't want to say who cares. He's going to have to go out on the old school affordable tour with Tony, uh, Tony, Tony no, Guy and Teddy no. Riley and, and, and Peanut and them. Yeah. Because that really is his audience. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So. Uh, what else you got? All right. Now, a quick Usher update. I told you a couple of months ago about the young lady who sued Usher saying that he gave her the herp and you know, they had sex, but they did use a con- Condom, but they didn't really use the condom hmm. and whatever it is she sued him for 20 million dollars withdrew the case sued him again withdrew well anyway she withdrew for the last time because according to court documents she dismissed her case because she and usher have reached much like a divorce an amicable resolution well you know what i'd rather see that than craziness especially with with his kids you know what i mean trying to move on move exactly. on yeah. pay and keep it moving you know pay for the mistake keep moving you know. Right, and, and you know what? And and as uh, Bell Biv DeVoe used to say, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> never or, trust, uh, never trust the big butt. <laughs> and a smile. I don't know what, what what did they say? What did they say, Tony? Well, that <laughs> big butt But how about slap it up, wrap it up, flip it up? Okay. Oh no! Yeah, so you don't you. have to get a body bag. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, and Usher is working on new music too. So. I also hear that he may be trying to get into that exclusive group who have a Las Vegas residency. Okay, moving right along. I'm almost done, y'all. I'm almost done. That's cool. Certain parts of the culture of hip-hop have been a fabric that goes from one generation to the next. And because even now, they're really on a lot of successful female hip-hop artists. But if you say salt and Pepper, even somebody like Nicki Minaj and Cardi B know who S&P is. Mm-hmm. You know, they are one of the few female hip hop acts that only perform in an arena. 
Mm. Let me say, arena, you're talking 20,000 people and up. So how many people do you know? Not many I know. If you say push it, they know what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So now, as you may have noticed, this week a show debuted on BET called Ladies Night with Salt and Pepper. And SWV, who had the same manager, Sidebar, um, Salt, who's been married to her husband, Gavin, for 28 years, is now divorced after all this time. Who knew? And uh, Pepper still looks like Latoya Jackson and Lil' Kim. But they still get out there. They can still push it. They still work. But part of the group, even though she wasn't a rapper, you know, there's that song, Spinderella Cut It Up One Time. Mm-hmm. Spinderella was still part of Salt and Pepper. Yeah, big time. And I said, was. As in, she's gotten fired. Fired? I've heard that Salt and Pepper claimed she wanted more money. She was showing some diva-ish type of ways, and she just wasn't it. And then I wonder if it's a stunt for the show, because the show was on, and Spinderella in the previews is complaining about, I'm a grown-ass woman. Yes, you are, but you're also a DJ. Hmm. And, it, you know, and not that she doesn't have the skills. She got skills because she's a real live back-in-the-day DJ, one of the first females. Hmm. But I guess I'll just replace her with a track or whatever, but Spinderella went to uh, social media and said that she was terminated. Wow. Um, that's, that's crazy. It is. When you look it at the history. quite a while ago. You say quite a while ago? <laughs> yeah, but it didn't just happen because you may recall, and this is another way that shows you how Salt and Pepper really have crossed over. Mm-hmm. This summer, they're doing an arena tour with the new kids on the block. Wow. How much more crossover can you get? Yeah. So that the parents of the little girl, the, the, the women that were teenagers that are now grown women that will still go see new kids on the block would still know salt and pepper. And if they bring their kids, they would know this. I'm I'm just so rich about the whole thing. I can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I just don't, I just don't believe, I don't understand after all these years, you know, with, um, I mean, you're doing kind of, uh, how do you say it? These are memory tours, like, you know, the memories, uh, throwback. I call it the feel good. Yeah, yeah. You know. And y'all couldn't come to an agreement. I'm sorry to hear that. That's bad. Yeah. And I put it like this. Mm. If Salt and her estranged husband, Tretch from Naughty by Nature, who really clearly just don't get along. Mm-hmm can be on an arena tour and one go to the left and one go to the right Mm -hmm. granted they're not on stage at the same time but they figured it out let's just go get this money I don't have to talk to you I don't have to look at you you there's still some more to this and then at the end of the day I said hey wait a minute they want to make sure this show gets a second season Mm -hmm. so don't be surprised if by the end of the season Spinderella is back and it was all a stunt yeah I can hear you because when reality TV is on shaky ground Mm -hmm. and when they don't know if they're going to be renewed because they don't start to make any money until after season two Mm -hmm. they will pull a stunt like this Mm To stay current, be topical, and get people to tune in. Yeah, my money's on the on it being a stunt. We'll see. Yeah. I think it's a stunt. I mean, how I mean they how could you go through all they've been through? How could you have been together this long and they've been touring for how long together? Yeah, yeah that's crazy. And all of a sudden, yeah. 
Oh, that's nuts. You know, spin, stunt, and not a good one. No, not a good one. Not at all. Speaking of stunts, this is my last story. Okay. Let's shake. The, I say don't. I just shook the table, and I say don't shake the table unless you want to get shook. Taylor Swift, what in the entire hell were you thinking <laughs> at the Billboard Award the other night? <laughs> go for it. I'm gonna let you go. First. Now I, I'm a Christian, so I'm gonna be nice. Yeah. Okay. Little, uh, to quote Jennifer Lewis, "Little girl, mm-hmm. little girl." Mm-hmm. Did she really think she could even remotely come behind Beyonce's dust and her dirty orange peels? She should have had a banjo line, a guitar line, a slide guitar line, anything. But a drum line, a la Beyonce, a la The Homecoming, a la Coachella, a la She Needs to Stop. And she is getting dragged through the mud. Yeah. Bye. Peanut and them and everybody. She best not to try to go through Crenshaw on Monday to go to John Singleton's funeral because they're going to get her. Hey, let me ask you. Um, did you read Bossip's uh, tweet about that? Oh, did you read Love B. Scott's tweet? You say yours, I'll say mine. <laughs> well, let me, let me say the Bossip tweet and I'll let you go. But the Bossip tweet, and, and I quote, they called it Magachella. Beyonce Tether, as in the Tethers from the movie Us, Taylor Swift used the unseasoning stone and a marching bland to gentrify Beychella or Beachella and got banished to the alabaster abyss. That's from Bossip. And, um, well, uh, if I may give you the clean version yeah, go ahead. of what I read, yeah. it just said somebody needs to take you out back and just beat your ass. <laughs> Need I say anymore? <laughs> but you know what? Let me say this, Tanya. You in the you in the music game. You've been in the music game for a while. I mean, this has been going on since what? Pat Boone. <laughs> you know what Pat I'm saying? Pat Boone, Little Richard, <laughs> this, Elvis Presley. This has always kind of you know, been, you know. It, it, right. It's nothing new. But see, back then, people could get away with it and there was no backlash, no retaliation. Yeah, but you Even know, if we yeah. didn't have social media, yeah. they still would have drugged that little girl through the mud. Up this is like... Looking like she stole some <laughs> Barbie doll's 1966 ruffle dress. She looked like she was going out to Petticoat Junction. I got two words. I got she- two words, and I'm just going to wrap it with my, my commentary. Two words. Kids bop. <laughs> You're I'll leave it kind. at that. <laughs> I got two words, too. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> hey, how can people connect with you, Tanya B? Uh, you can find me on the gram at T-Bird Atlanta, T-B-Y-R-D, and the word spelled out Atlanta. Each day I give you motivation, inspiration, education, especially for my indie artists and labels out there. I'm going to be hitting the road. I'll have more details later, but um, starting in July, I'm going to probably start out in uh, South Florida. I'll be doing some (laughs) workshops, seminars, 10 things every independent artist must know. And we'll also be having some special guests, which may include some people you might know, mm-hmm. like Matthew Knowles, like uh, the cleanup woman, Betty Wright, who has the So You Think You Can Sing seminar. And I say to anybody who thinks they can sing, when you get in the room with Miss B, you better bring it, go hard or go home. Because if this woman can be a vocal coach for Beyonce, Mariah Carey, Jennifer Lopez, and Gloria Estefan, mm. need I say any more? Because she can sing. 
Absolutely. Go hard or go home. Well, just make sure we get all the info so people can participate. And um, uh, well, you need yeah. to, you better come on. You know, you know <laughs> too. You can share. But you know, it, it really uh, it really is so important for people. If you think you want to be in this game, mm-hmm. even if you're a manager, forget the show. You got to learn your business. Mm-hmm. Period. Point blank. End of story. Good stuff. Good stuff. Tanya B. Always a pleasure. Looking forward to see you next week. Okay. Until next week. Yeah. I got your tea. I'm, I'm still in unbelief over this. Um, Magachella <laughs> is what is what Bossop called it. I didn't name it that, but it's a it's a good name. It's just interesting. I mean, the whole the whole thing. And, and I'm wondering, I, I've read the Twitter backlash. Love your feedback. Uh, you can hit us up on on social media as well. We'd, we'd love to know, you know, what you think uh, about the uh, Billboard Awards and uh, the drum line from Taylor. I mean, why even there? I, I don't know. I, I, I just, you know, it, she had to know the comparison was coming. So we'll just take it at that. All right. Tanya B again. Make I'll make sure I have all her information on uh, on our social media, especially when it comes down. We've got a lot of folks who are interested in the music side of things. Tanya B is excellent at that. She's been in it for a while and uh, she can definitely when she's uh, uh, doing her her feedback tours with artists. And you're a new artist. I mean, it's it's good stuff. Uh, definitely helpful uh, to careers, and and she's she's about it. So um, wish her well, and uh, I'll, I'll make sure that the information. I wish her well on the tour. She's definitely coming back here, uh, but uh, when that information is available, we'll let you know. Hey, y'all. Um, you know, we've done kind of the soft stuff, uh, the 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 pop culture stuff. Um, man, a, a busy week. Uh, we lost uh, a great one in film. Um, a little bit on the bar hearings. Uh, I've got Syracuse Mike. Um, let, let's get into a little bit of this hard news and let's talk about it coming out. Oscar-nominated director John Singleton died after being taken off of life support. Singleton's family made the decision after days of consideration and consultation with his doctors and suffered a stroke on April 17th. The family said in a statement that Singleton, like many African-Americans, quietly struggled with hypertension. In 1992, at the age of 24, Singleton became the youngest person to ever receive an Oscar nomination for Best Director for the movie Boys in the Hood. John Singleton was just 51 years old. Attorney General William Barr defended his decision to clear President Trump of obstruction of justice for attempting to impede Special Counsel Robert Mueller's Russia investigation. He criticized Mueller for not reaching a conclusion of his own on the issue. Barr also stood by his decision to come to his own conclusion on the matter, despite the concerns raised later by Mueller. His work concluded when he sent his report to the Attorney General. At that point, it was my baby, and I was making a decision as to whether or not to make it public. It was Barr's first congressional testimony since releasing a redacted version of the Mueller report on April 18th. Barr also dismissed Mueller's complaints in a March 27th letter, calling it a bit snitty. We're learning more about that shooting in North Carolina. A 21-year-old student killed in the shooting at UNC Charlotte saved some of his classmates' lives by charging the 
the gunman and attempting to disarm him. Authorities highlighted the heroic actions of environmental studies student Riley Howell of Waynesville, North Carolina. He was one of two students killed in the shooting Tuesday. Four others were injured. Democrats intensified their pressure on the Trump administration Thursday as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi accused Attorney General William Barr of committing a crime by lying to lawmakers. He refused to testify for a second day, this time before the House Judiciary Committee. Democrat and Chairman Jerry Nadler threatened to hold Barr in contempt of Congress. Nadler also accused the Trump administration of stonewalling Democrats. He has failed the men and women of the Department of Justice by placing the needs of the president over the fair administration. Of but ranking Republican committee member and Georgia Congressman Doug Collins had a much different take. We go back to a circus political stunt to say we want it to look like an impeachment hearing. The mayor of Baltimore has resigned. Baltimore Mayor Catherine Pugh's home and offices were raided by federal law enforcement last week amid questions about a $500,000 book deal. Pugh, a Democrat, apologized in a statement for harming the city's image. President Trump said Thursday he did not believe he would allow former White House lawyer Don McGahn to testify to committees in Congress. He told Fox News, it's done. We both knew this. Nobody has ever done what I've done. I've given total transparency. The president said allowing McGahn to testify would open the gates for others to be called. Hey, and that's the week that was. Appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for that info. Syracuse Mike hitting us up with news. Thank you, Mike. Hey, uh, you know, just a couple of things, and, and I'll talk about the John Singleton death, um, which I did not see coming. And, uh, you know, Sam, you and I talked about it a bit last week, uh, his, him being in a coma. But uh, I'll, I'll talk about just his impact um, after this. But I uh, just want to touch base on the William Barr thing. And, and here's my thing, my two cents on this. Uh, I, I just I don't understand how people in politics are surprised that Barr is partisan. He always has been. And and even in the op-eds, um, you know, even before he was uh, approved or he went before uh, Congress, Senate, um, he, um, you know, the, the, the information and in writing speaks for itself. And, and I don't know how they thought that this guy was going to come in and, and be neutral. <laughs> He's like, just ain't going to happen. I mean, I, if, if anybody can tell me somebody who came in who wasn't associated with a party um, and became new, who was associated with, with a party and, and all of a sudden became neutral, a case like that, let me know. Because I, you know, I'm not, I don't see why people are surprised. And, and we've talked about it on this show often. Uh, elections have consequences. Right now, we're dealing with an administration. They won, you know, by hook or by crook. They're in office. And, um, you know, with that election being won, you know, they basically have four years to wreak havoc. And, and William Barr, Jeff Sessions, and some of the other folks who've been placed uh, in these positions in these administration, in this administration, uh, they're basically uh, consequences of the election. So, you know, we just got to wear, you know, wait it out. And and 2020 is going to be critical. Uh, I don't want to hear, you know, black folks talking about um, voting for Jill Stein, Green Party, they don't like a candidate. Look, I mean, go for the person right now. Once we go through the process of finding someone in the primary to run in the general, 
Once we find that person, let's go ahead and make the move to do what needs to be done. Don't want to hear the belly aching like we heard with um, Hillary. I ain't going to vote. I'm going to vote Green Party. I'm going to write in a candidate because that's what hurt us. And that's what we're dealing with. Elections have consequences. We'll leave it at that. Uh, condolences to the families. Also, just on another note, UNCC, crazy. Um, this white male fragility thing is just really out of control, has to be addressed. Uh, I don't hear anybody talking about it, um, but definitely it's a mental health issue and, and it needs to be addressed. Um, and hopefully it will be. Um, and also not only is it mental health, but it's also, you know, gun regulation. Uh, the regulations need to be put in place. We've we've spoken until we're blue in the in the face. Um, these candidates, uh, these these politicians pretty much have done nothing. Um, this goes back to, you know, even looking at Sandy Hook, um, looking at um, the um, the shooting, the high school in Florida. Um, you know, just so many shootings, so many incidents, the synagogue, um, these AR-15s. I mean, what, what do you say? I mean, you've, you've got, um, you know, a profile on the folks who commit the crime and you got a profile on the actual instrument they're using to commit the crime. So let's take some action. And, you know, folks don't take action. We need to vote them out. Simple as that. Uh, Baltimore. I, I, y'all go. Anybody want to run for mayor of Baltimore? <laughs> Because I'm looking at, you know, Mike did the story on the fact that the, the, the mayor of Baltimore of Baltimore resigned. For some of you, may, this may be the first time hearing this. But I and I had heard about it um, a few weeks ago. Basically, the mayor, how do you leverage your power to send yourself a half million dollar book deal? In office, and and this is basically why she had to resign. It was a children's book that she wrote, um, and I think there was either some grant money or an opportunity. And basically, the opportunity within government went to her to use her book, and and she was, if she hadn't already done so, to receive a half a million. So, man, just um, you know, anybody want to run for mayor of Baltimore? <laughs> Put in your hat right now. Throw in your hat. Anyway, uh, good luck to Baltimore, man. They don't deserve that. And, you know, our cities deserve more than that. Come on, y'all. Play fair. Trump on again. No surprise. No surprise at all. He's Mr. Obstruction. Let him do his. Well, you know, I'm not saying let him do his thing, but I'm never surprised by anything that happens that ha- anything that happens from that office right now. So we'll get through it. Hey, hey y'all, um, you know, this week I, I do want to talk about um, one thing. And I know um in 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 black culture, uh, in black media, you're hearing a lot about, um, you know, the late John Singleton. Uh, but but I, I'm, you know, coming up in the in the 90s or, I, you know, of course, I came up in an earlier time. But the 90s really um, was a, a great era for culture, for music, um, you know, definitely for film. And um, I was looking at uh, Ranker. Ranker.com has um, an article. Well, they have a, you know, Ranker.com does rankings on anything and people vote. So uh, according to Ranker.com, among the top, top 90s, the top three 90s movies are number one, Boys in the Hood, number two, uh, Friday. And of course, Boys in the Hood was from 1991, 1991. Friday from 1995 and Poetic Justice 
from 1993. So three of the, I'm sorry, two of the top five movies were Singleton films, number one being Boys in the Hood and number three, Poetic Justice. That's according to Ranker. And really that's according to the people. Um, it, it's voted on by, you know, people who view the website and, and just the general public. And, and I was looking at other movies that showed up from the 90s from Singleton. And you also had, let's see here, Higher Learning is at number 24 and Rosewood is at number 42. But I, I just, I mean, I, I guess once once he passed, I didn't hear much. And, and maybe somebody can let me know if any kind of tribute was done. Um, you know, I didn't get a chance. I didn't watch my BET TV one this week, but I'm sure uh, they're they going to show Baby Boy on BET about 50 times if they haven't already done so this week. But Baby Boy came out in 2001. So officially, it's not a 90s movie, of course. Uh, and it is number four on Ranker's top movies of black movies of 2000. So Baby Boy um, for 2000s is number four from Ranker. And of course, in 2005, you had Four Brothers. Um, I didn't see that on any kind of Ranker. And um, Too Fast, Too Furious, which he did, which was really kind of not his movie, but he directed one of the movies in the franchise. Um, but but, you know, I, I, I'd love to, to to get some feedback on on how y'all felt about, you know, whether or not they really or, you know, I know his his um, his going home, his home going service is is going to happen in Compton. Man, you got so much happening in L.A. when you look at Nipsey Hussle and now Singleton, you know, um, L.A. is is losing some great ones, man. And um, I'm, I'm just wondering if, if y'all felt good about just the overall. Um, I guess the best, for lack of a better term, tribute to Singleton because Singleton, Boys in the Hood, y'all, was an impactful movie. Uh, if Boys Boys in the Hood really changed the game, it led to the other directors. Like it led to uh, what was the movie? Other directors. I mean, he was the youngest director to be nominated at twenty four. So you had all these other black directors, young black directors who Hollywood started to look at. Um, when when you look at the Hughes brothers, um, when you, uh, just so many, I could go down the list of black directors who came out in the 90s, F. Gary Gray. I mean, all these guys have a lot to, uh, not only do they have a lot to, to, to pay credit to or uh, pay hom- homage to uh, in Spike Lee, but also... And John Singleton, because because he did usher in a new uh, a new era in black film with Boys in the Hood. And I remember seeing that in a screening and it blew me away. I mean, everybody in the screening it was at the end of the movie. Everybody sat still. I mean, it was it was just such an amazing movie. The first time you see it and, and I can I can see that no many how many times no matter how many times I see it, 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 it still it, it still has impact, you know. And then you have movies like South Central. I mean, it, it just opened the doors for a lot of great black films. So uh, rest in peace, John Singleton. And and of course, I know we'll have some more to talk about next week um, when it comes down to uh, his homegoing service. And I'm not sure when that's happening, but I know it's happening within the next few days. OK. Also, I want to leave you with this, y'all. Um, I know we've been getting we've been doing some updates on candidates as they are are uh, announcing but to keep up with it and I, and I, I really encourage you and I'm going to make sure we put this on our uh, podcast page bookmark 
ballotpedia.org. And I'll make sure, you know, spell that out, B-A-L-L-O-T-P-E-D-I-A, ballotpedia.org. Make sure that you've got that on a bookmark somewhere. Um, And all you do is click on presidential candidates for 2020. Uh, It is just a wealth of information. It gives you who announced, who's yet to announce, but it's rumored to announce. It gives you their complete platform. It just gives you, it gives you, if you could put, you know, click on the individual candidates who are in office currently, you can see how they voted. Uh, it's just a wealth of information, y'all. I encourage you, please make sure, go to ballotpedia.org, click on the presidential candidates 2020. And it's never too late. And right now, considering everything that's going on, I mean, we, we, we've really taken a step back from some of the politics from day to day uh, on the show. We, we, we want to keep you posted, but some of it's just kind of mundane. Um, and, and keep in mind, uh, a lot of the chaos that's happening right now in the White House is a diversion. And what's happening is when you take a look, for example, uh, nobody really talked about this week. When you look at the whole thing with Barr and Mueller, nobody really talked about the fact that the Republicans are gearing up to completely wipe out Obamacare. And 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 everything, and, you know, people are more, it's sexier for the news to talk about, you know, Kim Jong-un and the launching of missiles. It's sexier for them to talk about Barr telling lies and, you know, about uh, his intentions with the Mueller report. You know, it's just, you know, lying to Congress. Uh, it's just a lot sexier for them to cover that. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, the damage is being done in the judges that are being assigned, the federal judges, and also some of the policies, the policy issues. And, and unfortunately for us, a lot of that stuff happens uh, behind the scenes. And it's happening as a lot of these other uh, diversionary issues are coming up that are more salacious. So, you know, keep your head on a swivel, as they say. I mean, you got to right now because uh, there's a lot going on that we need to, you know, hold, you know, not only um, the other party or wherever you stand, um, your other party, the opposing party, uh, you know, but we, we have to hold everybody accountable. And, and not only, you know, if the Republicans are in power in the Senate, you know, we got to hold the Democrats um, you know, accountable for making sure that they do their job and vice versa. So, you know, we got to make sure our folks are doing their job. Okay. So again, ballotpedia.org and, and I'll make sure I put that uh, on the podcast page. Um, all right, y'all, again, if you, if you got any comments, questions, feel free to go to, you can go to castropolis.net. Um, our podcast is there. You can follow us on Instagram at GP underscore homies. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, it's reversed homies underscore GP three. Uh, we are on Spotify, uh, Apple podcast, uh, SoundCloud. Uh, I think you might still be able to get us on Podbean. Tune in radio. Uh, look for GP three homies on the block. Um, also, if you have an opportunity, make sure you support us. Um, keep the stream rolling. Castropolis.net uh, at Castropolis, C-A-S-T-R-O-P-O-L-I-S.net. And again, really excited about adding um, the Lemon Shade podcast. Uh, Claudia and Metz begin on Monday, and they'll be streaming again from 2 to 6 Eastern. 
And that's 7 to 11 because they're five hours ahead at a decent time <laughs> from, from 7 to 11 in the UK. And they're a UK London based podcast, a great podcast too. congrats to them on all their success. And, um, you know, Sanya Estelle is on every other week. She'll be back next week and you can check her out at SanyaEstelle.com. And she's got a new podcast, Get Out the Root. Uh, you can check that out. So, y'all, again, uh, it is always a pleasure to be on. It's always a pleasure to do the live taping with you every Sunday. We're going to do it at noon, uh, hopefully throughout the summer. Might change it to a later date. You know, I know y'all like to sleep in late. So we might shift it up a little bit and do some stuff. Got some stuff coming up for the holidays we think you'll like. Um, over the summer, Memorial Day kickoff, all that good stuff. Uh, would love your feedback. Again, you can shoot it to us from the website or even go to um, the uh, uh, social media and do it as well. So on that note, on that note, y'all, again, appreciate you listening. And we are wrapping up. Number 134 is in the can and we out of here. Peace. You've been listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap, SBDG, graphics, Lady J. Thanks for listening.